Hello, and welcome to The Next Great Car Era, a podcast by EV Tuners. I'm your host, Daniel Martin, and today I am joined by Keith and Melissa Silva with Evolve Racing. Keith and Melissa are the driver and co-driver of the Test 10, the first Tesla-converted Ultra 4 truck to run the Ultra 4 and Mid-America series. Their truck is a Chevy S10 that's now powered by Model S batteries and motors, which tie into the purpose-built off-road racing gearing and suspension, hence the name Test 10. In addition to driving, they were also the builders of the truck, and despite this being their first EV build ever, they were able to complete it in only 10 months in their own shop. We cover off-road racing, the Test 10 build, and the future for Evolve Racing right now. Enjoy. So, Keith, Melissa, thank you both for uh, carving out the time and chatting with me today. Um, I think we have a lot of cool things to talk about, but before we dive into that, uh, would would you guys maybe give a quick brief intro and introduction for those who maybe don't know who you are? Definitely. Um, I'm Keith Silva, um, owner and the driver and builder of the Test 10 on Team Evolve Racing. And I'm Melissa Silva. I'm the co-driver. I'm also in charge of all of the uh, social media accounts. I'm the the PR for the team, <laughs> along with co-driving and wife, mom, all the all the good things that come along with it. Multi-talented all around. <laughs> it's a team effort here. The Evolve team. I love that name. I feel like it's pretty evocative and it is a bit double duty, right? Because there's an EV in there. Absolutely. It's like it's spelled capital EV for sure. <laughs> we kind of have to like make it extremely obvious of what we are. <laughs> a little a little head on nail on the head, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you guys do EV off-road racing. And I'd like to hear more about that. But but first, how did you guys get into motorsports in the first place? Um kind of grew up into it. Uh, grandpa used to race super modifieds back in the 60s and 70s and then wow my aunt and sand drag jeeps probably in the 70s and 80s and then i got into drag racing at 16 because sack race was just down the street from us so go out there on wednesday nights and race and got into drag racing there and then got into tractor pulling for a while and was diesel doing diesel drag tractor pulls and got into rock climb rock crawling and built the crawler and and then got talked into let's build it into EV race truck, but basically been around it my whole life. You know, grow up on a dairy, you you got to fix everything you own to save dollars. So, grew up with a wrench in my hand, learned how to fix all of our own equipment. I mean, not everyone can say that though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I grew up motocross was was our uh, drug of choice. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> grew up in a motocross family my dad and my brother they did competitions and um, racing again in our own backyard pretty much grew up raised doing off-road kind of things uh when early 90s was big into the go peds and the go quad scene for a while and um so my brother would race the go peds and my dad got me a go quad so that's one of my first big tastes of the racing experience. Uh, and not until I took out one of the officials was when I had to hang up, <laughs> hang up the, 
the left seat situation, but um, <laughs> uh, just raised around it as well. And then when I met Keith, um, we, you know, early dating, he basically threatened me with you go before the rock crawler goes. So <laughs> before any vehicle goes. Before any vehicle goes. Yeah. So um he took me on the Rubicon, one of our first official dates, and completely fell in love with the rock trails and just that whole experience. So uh that was our first big taste into doing this together was Rubicon trails and taking the crawler out. That's a pretty darn good date. <laughs> well one of actually our first date was um spray painting the the exo cage the exo roll cage on the rock crawler we were spray painting it blue and i don't know i don't know what i was thinking that yeah he's a catch <laughs> <laughs> you sensed it i think oh, that's man. an awesome story and it's really cool you guys have uh have like shared interests you get to go out there and get out in the world do stuff outside of just all of the other plates you have spinning life, work, family, kids, animals, cows, dairy. Yeah, absolutely. Got to have absolutely. that R&R &R time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the truck is. The truck's a getaway. So well, the truck's the other woman, too. <laughs> gets more time than you. She, she, the truck definitely gets more him time. That's for sure. The honey-do list is getting extremely long right now. <laughs> I can imagine you guys are gearing up to do some racing now too, which adds to that list, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at running the um, NorCal Rock Race is coming up. That's uh, in Gidden Prairie City the end of April. Um, actually, April 14th, 15th is in Prairie City. And then we're looking at running that short course. Uh, after that, there's a lot of Mid-America courses that are going to be coming up soon that we're going to be definitely trying to get out and do for the ultra four racing. So a little bit different than a lot of track racing. This is all off-road rocks, desert, things like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so I, I, like I'd mentioned, I had just got the opportunity to do a track day at Willow Springs. I was there yesterday and there's a couple, I think there were three of us Teslas there. Um, so it's starting to catch on. Some mm -hmm. tracks are a little bit more set up and there's more Teslas that show up for them. Um, but you're not hearing a lot about the EV off-road racing yet. So how did you guys get into that? So the guy we teamed up with, Kyle Saglin, who was a friend of one of my friends that now we're all buddies. And we happened to finally say, well, we're going to go to Hammers because I've been saying for years, I started crawling in early 2000. And King of the Hammers didn't start, I think, until about 2008. So I'd already been crawling for years and then it started. Mm -hmm. But I never had a way to get all my stuff down there because you go down, you're in the middle of the desert. So you got to take your trailer and your crawler and everything in one load. It's an eight hour hike. So you want to take everything one run. And I kept saying for years, I'm going to go. Me and her have been together and I, you know, we need to go. So finally, we got our hauler done that our Peterbilt that we used to haul the, the crawler on. We can tow the camp trailer behind us. Said, "All right, we're going to go to Hammers." We went to Hammers last year for the first time in 2022. Well, and real quick, so 21. The people that don't know about King of Hammers, what it is, this is an off-road desert course. It's in the middle of Johnson Valley. Okay. Um, it's a mixture between rock crawling and desert racing. It's the world's hardest one-day race, and wow. it's there's a couple different classes that you can do, but the big one is called Every Man Challenge or EMC. 
And that consists of um, a mixture between, again, rock and desert course. They change it every year, but it takes about, you have about 10 hours to complete it. And it can be up to 200 miles. So it's a very intensive. 25% uh, of the cars don't finish. Yeah, it's it's Dang. not for the everyday driver, everyday car. You have to build it to withstand this intense terrain. Or actually, I got that backwards. Only 25% of the cars finish. Yeah, finish. Oh, that's even worse. So yeah, most people either end up breaking or crashing or whatever. So it's it's not just, oh, we're just going to go take out our little razor or whatever. It's, yeah. It's an it's... endurance run. <laughs> and a long one yeah oh yeah it's it's a jog and you know like everybody references it's basically like a burning man in the desert for gearheads <laughs> i mean this year was that. 80 80 000 people were on that lake bed sublime played it wasn't yeah it's a big deal that it is like fun. burning man oh yeah so go ahead about kyle <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a it's a nice internal party out there the whole time for a week so but yeah, getting back with Kyle. So me and him started talking because I helped him work on his truck. He has a Nissan Leaf inside of a Forerunner. Okay. That they that they raced the year before. So what this year was Hammers 2023. Last year he tried to race in 2022, but broke a stub shaft. And then 2021 he debuted that truck. And they only had to do one lap. They just had to do the desert lap. So they did about 60 or 70 miles the okay. first year with it. And so last year he was there and friends with my friends and started talking to him, help him work on Eve. And he's like, I said, yeah, next year I'm coming back. I'm racing. I said, he goes, what are you going to build? I said, oh, you know, my, my rock crawlers overbuilt for the smaller classes, but it's underbuilt for the bigger classes. So I said, I'll probably just go buy a wreck Jeep and just build a, for the stock class. And he's like, build an EV. It's like, I have no clue about electric vehicles at all. I said, I've never ridden one. I've never touched them. I don't know. And oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. So we started talking and me and her started talking and we came back from hammers, kept kicking it around for a few months and kept talking about it. And, and finally she said, go ahead and build a race truck if you want. Just don't, you know, don't run the, the, the household out of money so you know the bills are paid and <laughs> so started talking to kyle and talking to my buddy will at will spec garage and well, they're like build an ev and this and that so we started looking and happened to find a tesla that we cut up to build the truck the other parameters was that if he was building a race truck that i was mandatory co-driver like there's no other way that we're doing this unless we are doing it together this is how we've always been and he was not really thrilled about me doing it at first, but I think he's finally come around. <laughs> Just got to put an extra good roll cage in there and it'll be fine. Well, he well, had to lift my seat up pretty far. And and part of Codog, <laughs> Codog's responsibility, especially at Hammers, is if the truck breaks, it's a no chase race. So it's 35 miles in between pits. So there's three pit uh, three pit areas. There's the main pit, which is in Hammertown. You have a remote pit out in one desert section. Mm. And you have another remote pit out another de desert section. But it's a no chase race. So if you break in the middle of the desert, either the driver or co-driver have to run back to pits and get a part or talk another team that's in the race to grab your part from your pit and bring it to you. So there's no outside help. 
so, so I lost 55 pounds. I <laughs> <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> Going back and forth. Well, like Oof. this year, this year we we had an issue out of the right out of the gate. So she had to run five miles there and back to bring me parts. Yeah, bring a At least it was just it five. Was, yeah, but it wasn't parts. It was I had to bring a laptop to reboot the system because we were having issues with the the LDU wasn't responding to the VCU commands, so we had to reprogram the LDU to make it accept the right commands to make it work. On the fly. On the fly. Wow. It's pretty bad when you're building an off-road race truck and the laptop's holding you up <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Yeah, don't drop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, was, I was very lucky that I stole um, Eric Amata from Radial Dynamics. I stole his backpack, and I was like, give it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yes. So what I'm, I'm not familiar. Is that backpack, is it radial dynamics backpack? Am I showing that I, my, my lack of knowledge here? Is that a no, special laptop bag? Backpack it was them. just, nobody had any type of thing that I could carry the laptop in. I was going to have oh, to carry it in my hand. Literally just to carry it. <laughs> so poor Eric, I mean, he's, he's the one that built our um, hydraulic steering pump specifically okay. for the EV. And I, I basically stripped him out of his personal belongings. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fine. I'm sure. <laughs> you didn't need it. <laughs> but that's how that all came about, you know, was I got hooked the first year I went and said, I'm going to race next year and got persuaded into doing, doing an EV. So I had to learn how to build an EV in 10 months because by the time we got the Tesla and we started building the truck, we had 10 months to the race. And I've never once worked on an EV until then. He had never driven wow. an EV. He had never driven or ridden in an EV. Ever. How did you know you were going to like it? Well, before we bought the, the Tesla, I rode in my buddy's Model 3. And I said, oh, this is fun. It's got some get up and go out of the hole. And then we started looking and we found the S and he's like, oh, you're going to have more power than my three did. So yeah, he goes, you're going to be in for awakening with how fast that one will go. And that low end torque is good for off-road. Yeah, it is. And it ain't, you got to okay. keep it tame because you, when you're in the rocks, you want that torque to get over the rocks. You know, you want that little grunt, but the problem is I got to get used to with being an EV now is there's no lag. I mean, you hit right. that throttle, it's instantaneous, it's instantaneously torque. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning now is when I get to the rocks and do like I used to and pre-stage on the converter and roll over, I can't do that now because I just fry the tires off the rocks too quick. So I got to make sure we don't start shredding tires too, too soon in the race. I could imagine there's big chunks that would go flying. Oh yeah. It looks cool. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I like putting tire fires on when I'm on the, on the rocks. I used to do that all the time with the small, when I had the V8 in it, I get myself high center and just sit there and fry the all four tires until they smoke and get sticky. And then it finally get over. So I think that's something for the social media. When you get a set that's almost dead anyway, light them up and post it. People oh, yeah. love it. That's going to have to be, what, what do they use to make like the fire pictures where it's not like. I don't know. They do this with photography all the time where they like actually light fire and it's all. <laughs> as long as it's, uh, as long as there's no grass around, I think it's fine. Exactly. The right time of year. And make sure the battery box is contained and safe. <laughs> right. 
So speaking of the battery box, let's talk a little bit about the build. We talked about the racing and you said that you'd never worked on an EV. It's only yep. been, uh, it, you had 10 months to go. Let's dive into the test 10 and some details there. <laughs> Holy, I can't, that, that's just an amazing feat. Um, it was a learning curve, you know, <clears throat> I came from, like I said, on a dairy. So working on hydraulics and diesels and gas engines and all that, you know, I've been doing that stuff for years. So we got the Tesla and basically it was YouTube mechanic time and started watching YouTube and figured out how to pull the battery box out of it. And so that way, cause everybody says, Oh, that high voltage is, you know, you can light yourself up. And I'm used to that with my industry. I work in now is 440, but it's AC volts, not DC. Okay. And so I was like, well, if we take the battery out of the car, at least there's no voltage in it. So I'm not too worried. So we got the box figured, kept watching on YouTube how to get it apart and got it on the lift and got the battery box out and then just started pulling the car apart. I said, it's pretty simple. Like a regular car is like, no, oh, there's really not too much to it. Once I started tearing it down, it's they're pretty basic. Hmm. So my biggest worry was when I cracked the battery box open to getting the modules out of it. That was a whole lot of YouTube watching there trying to figure out how to get it apart without breaking those modules well, because the they're an arm and a leg if you break them. The Tesla that we ended up getting, it was a wrecked Tesla at that. So okay. it wasn't like we purchased. No, it was a rollover. It was, mm. she got hurt. It, it was scary. Aww. And so uh, when we, when we purchased it, we got it from a, a wrecking yard. Uh, that was an auction out of Washington. No idea if it even had the batteries in it. No idea if it had, a, the motor was okay. We knew nothing. It was sight unseen. I just wow. seen it and it was like buy this car now for $6,100 or something. And I started reading them like, well, it's got to be an 85 because it didn't have no markings on it. <clears throat> I could just tell it was an S, but we didn't know what size an S. Yeah. And so I told called Kyle and he knew a guy to bid on it because you got to have a dealer's license to buy from those auctions. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, you know, a broker, right? Yeah. I got a guy. Tell him I want this car. You sure? Yeah. 6,100 bucks. Buy it. We can't go wrong. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Just buy the car. And it looked when we were looking at him at all the other vehicles, we were trying to see, like, okay, is there look like there's weight in the back? Like it looks like the suspension is compressed because if, uh -huh. if it's compressed, then there's a chance that the batteries are still there. Um, from what we've understood is a lot of these wrecking yards, they'll dismember them and take the batteries out. And a lot of it's for safety aspect of it, because they don't want a fire to happen in the middle of a wrecking yard. Mm. But at the same sense, it's you know, that's what we had to look at too, is like, is there batteries? Because <laughs> that's yeah. kind of a really important aspect of it. <laughs> that's, you kind of need those. A little bit. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, we had it shipped from Washington to our, to my ranch and happened to put 12 volts to it and the gauges on everything came on. I was like, okay, well it came to life. As soon as the gauges came on, it said it was a P85. I was like, oh, we scored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got a performance 85 car out of it. Back when it came out, it was top of the line for 2015. Yeah. So we started started dissecting it and pulled everything apart and just set everything on pallets. And then brought the brought the S10 in and drove it around the block for one more time before we kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and then brought it in and started cutting it apart. Took the engine out and cut the whole exo cage off because it was a rock crawler. Cut that all off and started figuring out how we're going to lay things out and how I'm going to make things work. And, you know, started designing all the, all the goods to it. 
trying to figure out where we're going to put the motor and how we're going to make the motor connect to a four wheel drive truck because it's, you know, a two wheel drive transaxle car. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out how to lay that out. And the biggest other problem is, is packaging all those batteries. You know, we need all 16 modules. I was being told by other guys trying to get talked out of it because they're, they're, they're heavy. Yeah. You know, very heavy. 55 pounds a module. You got 16 of them. Plus what we figure the crate is, I mean, our battery pack is almost 12 to 1300 pounds, just our, our crate and our batteries and, you know, trying to package that to make it for what kind of racing we do a normal EV. When you build it, you can put batteries in the front batteries in the back. When you do a conversion to offset your weight mm -hmm. and they, they're stationary, they stay there. Well, for the racing we do for desert racing, we hot change the batteries so that entire that entire module that entire 16 of 16 modules that were underneath the tesla i had to figure out a way to package it so we can change that whole thing out in one pull wow so that's a big know, so we, uh lift well not too big a lift really because i gotta design the part for the pickup we haven't got that done yet we didn't need it this year but I got an idea in my head is basically just going to be an overhead trolley. So, <clears throat> because as okay. it is now, when all this started getting designed, it was where we're going to put the battery box so we can quick change it. So the battery box sits from behind the driver's seat and the passenger seat. Okay. I basically, it's an extended cab pickup. I cut the hole, cut a hole in the back of the cab. Like we used to do with the old cut throughs on the old, you know, we want a big stereo system and an old mini truck. You did a cut through on it. So basically we did the same concept with the battery box. We did a big cut through in the back of the cab, um, built a set of rails, set it on Delrin and built a little gear drive on the back and used the power connectors, the um, CAN bus connecting and the coolant connector from the Tesla because those batteries are liquid cooled and they're all made to self connect because Tesla's original idea was you'd pull into a gas station, your car would get jacked up, they'd change your battery out put a new battery in and you go down the road, there was not going to be charging. It was just going to be hot swapping. Right. So we took that same concept and packaged our crate. So it actually trolleys in and out of the back of the truck with a half inch ratchet. And then I'm building for the uh, the pit trucks now is an overhead trolley with a 2000 pound winch on it. And you'll just, I'll back the race truck up to the back of the pickup. We'll pick up the battery box, trolley it out set it in the bed of the truck, grab the next battery box and trolley it back in the truck. And if all goes the way we designed it, we played with it in the shop and we can do it in 10 minutes. Wow. That's pretty fast. So not bad to hot swap a 1200 pound battery box in 10 minutes. Yeah. Not bad at all. <laughs> That's really cool. You figured out how to hot swap it too. How many times did you say that you think you'll need to do that per race for, for so, something like hammers? For so for like King of the Hammers, which is our longest race, because everything else is all 20 minute heats, all short course. Okay. Uh, for King of the Hammers, I figure we're going to have to do it at least four to five times to actually finish that whole race in the amount of time we need to do it. So, but you got to look at it this way. Okay. You're doing it 10 minutes, give it, take 15, maybe max. Just changing batteries is going to shave an hour off our total race time right, right out of the gate. So instead of 10 hours finish race, we're already down to nine just yeah. because we need that time for battery swaps. Mm -hmm. But 
<clears throat> you know, trying to figure out how to package that. And then the next big hurdle was, you know, how we're going to make a Tesla motor work in a four-wheel drive. There's guys have done it. They've taken the transaxle, turned it sideways, and then just use a transaxle, weld the diff or, you know, put a limited slip in it and then slide two stub shafts out and go down to your drive lines. Mm -hmm. But it's only a 10 to one reduction straight out of Tesla. And that box to me wasn't strong enough because the way the gear design is, I've blown a lot of transfer cases over the years apart and the casting on that case is not heavy enough. So I came up with the idea was to divorce the inverter slash controller, which is, you know, the motors on the one side of the, the motors on what the driver's side of the car, the inverters on the passenger side of the car, the differentials in between the two is the way it's built on a Tesla. Yeah. So my idea was to take the inverter out of the equation that clears up everything direct behind the motor, took the transaxle, pulled the diff out, pulled all the gears out, cut that whole case in half right below the motor. Just that's wasted junk. We didn't need. So we really? sawed all that off. Okay. Um, once we removed the inverter, I started looking at the cases and they're the stub shaft that's in there that runs the motor or not runs the motor that comes from the motor down to the gear ratio actually had a mating bearing right on the other side. So I was like, well, there's our line of sight to basically put a pilot hole right through that case. And I had two custom shafts made and we welded a half inch aluminum plate to where the inverter was to turn it into a mounting source. So we have a thick piece of metal to bolt to and used a tail housing from a turbo 400 on a Chevy had a shaft made. And we basically direct married the transfer case right to the motor now. So the motor sits where the transmission used to sit in the pickup and the transfer cases still sit where they should. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> so it was a lot of thinking, a lot of figuring out how to do it and, you know, just trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, package it and made everything fit the way it should. And it actually is a great concept and it works really good. And it's 50-50 balance. It's almost completely 50-50 front to rear balance. That's the nice truck, too. The truck is heavy. She's 6,055 pounds, but it's 48% front weight, 52% rear weight. It's only a 200 pound tire difference between all four tires. That's amazing. So, so we got lucky on that part. It balanced itself out. And mind you, he's not an engineer. He's a farmer. No, I'm a farmer. <laughs> I think that might count. <laughs> I have no degrees. <laughs> Barely got a high school diploma. All of this was like in his head. There is no drawing I don't, pictures, I don't do CAD programs, nothing. He's just. I don't draw it on paper or nothing. I just sit back sit in the shop, kind of look at and stare at it and start figuring out in my head where everything's going to go and how we're going to place it. That's amazing. How do you remember it all? ADHD. <laughs> like it's a, a trap. It's a perk <laughs> of ADHD. <laughs> oh yeah. I could tear a vehicle apart and let it sit for five years and still know where everything went right back on it. I wish I, I could do that. That's I awesome. Yeah. But I set a wrench down now and 10 minutes later, I can't find it. Well, that's because they grow <laughs> legs for sure. <laughs> especially those 10 millimeter sockets they always run away you know i think i i heard that harbor the freight had a uh had like a gag christmas gift that was like 50 10 millimeter sockets in one set <laughs> <laughs> laughing about that 
<laughs> Stones always run away, the tens and the eights. That's right. So um what are you using for battery management? And for the you mentioned earlier that batteries are are liquid cooled, right? So mm. how are you getting those cool? Are you using the Tesla cooling system or something different? So the Tesla cooling system is this that one radiator they have behind the bumper and they use their switch valves. Yeah. I didn't trust any of that. And I kind of wanted to where it was more simplicity and redundancy that it's easier to, to manage and easier to diagnose. So the truck actually has three Honda Civic radiators in it. Now I sound like freaking back in the Fast and Furious days, you know, and what's his name was running three spoon motors. <laughs> That's all but, right. We all love those. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we ran three Civic radiators in it and we have two up in the back of the cab behind the window. And then one is up in the front behind the grill. Okay. And so the batteries have its own cooling system. The motor has its own cooling system. And the two inverters have their own cooling system. So everything's separated and easy to diagnose if we have a leak or something else on it. Interesting. Okay. And it keeps the heat soak. After racing it, we didn't get any, nothing came over 100 degrees. So you're not getting that heat soak. From the motor and the batteries, heat soaking over to the inverters or nothing. So nothing sharing heat, which mm. made it kind of nice. Well, and for the BMS, we're using the Orion system for that. Okay. And then AEM system for everything else, essentially. Okay, nice. So that's yeah. what you were integrating with when you needed to reflash things on the fly. You're plugging the laptop into the AEM, getting it yeah. dialed in. Because when you do the uh, the swap on those Teslas and you go with the AEM system, you get a whole a whole new motherboard, which is the VCU, which is the 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 boss of the truck, and then it has an actually you take the inverter apart and you change the circuit board in it, and you put a, a AEM new circuit board in it. You put a whole new logic board in it. Okay. So everything that Tesla spent all that time R and Ding and designing to make that motor run. Dad's sitting in the shop on the in a box. We don't use none of it. <laughs> you never know. Some ne the brain. next project. <laughs> yeah. We put a whole new brain in it because I wanted the full tunability of the truck. So That's what's important. nice is that that AEM system actually has four power settings you can adjust however you want. Preset them up in the in the in the with a laptop, and you can adjust those on the fly. So basically, we can make a torque curve for the desert, and we can make a torque curve for the rocks and then we could put a uh, a nanny tune in it if we need to conserve power and turn everything down so interesting that is a lot of adaptability and you can yeah. just swap between them swap on the fly and you just watch the gauge uh, the the digital dash and i'll tell you what program you're running that's awesome so but yeah it was a lot of hurdles you know trying to get that i've never wired 400 volt dc so i had to learn how to wire that i've never wired can bus before ended up had to learn how to wire can bus on the fly you know i'm used to back in the days when racing civics and stuff and all that was voltage or continuity and now can bus is just two wires and it's just a signal so that was a whole learning curve and then we had another hurdle was trying to figure out how we're going to make the steering work because being this is a full off-road mm. race truck I don't run a steering gearbox. It's full hydraulics. So we just have a double-ended ram on the steering on the axle, 
and we run a steering orbital up in the column and it's just two hydraulic lines that go to the axle. So to get the flow and the volume we needed to make that work, we looked at using what a lot of guys are doing on the EV conversions is those Volvo pumps out of a Volvo car. Um, it's 12 volt powered on and it sends, sends pressure. We knew we didn't have enough flow or pressure to make a full hydraulic system work. So the plan was, was to team two of those together and double the volume, double the pressure. While talking to another hydraulic shop, he says, that ain't gonna work. They tried it and it just, it doesn't do what you think it would do. So Bummer. he happened to be, he happened to be designing a 400 volt hydraulic pump. That's DC, 400 volt DC. So he happened to be designing it, and I have one of two. Dave Cole, owner of the King of the Hammers, he has one on his EV little spec car they just got done building with Hypercraft, and I have a second one. So we're prototyping, testing them for that shop, Radial Dynamics, right now. But it's got its own computer as well because it's CAN bus controlled too. So, <laughs> you know. That truck's starting to get a lot of computers in it that I didn't think it would ever have. I mean, we're up to, I think we're up to four different brains going on in that thing that they all have to talk to each other. Right. You need one big computer to talk to all the smaller computers. Yep. That's the whole point of the VCU. The VCU is like the, the boss of the whole truck and it talks to everything else and branches out. And then, but after we raced it, we're starting to learn too, is we got a lot of data off that race, which was cool. But talking to Eric at Radial Dynamics with his pump, he's designing a whole new logic board for it now because he wants that to talk to the VCU so we can use um, the speed reference from our GPS on the, on the AM to help manage the flow and the volume of the steering pump. As we're going faster, it'll speed up the demand. If we're going slower, it'll slow down the demand and we can conserve more energy that way. That and would be cool. Keep, and we can data record then on the on the uh, logger. We can record how much pressure we're running, what our spikes are for uh, for pressure, for how much flow we're running on the pump, what our temperatures are, so we can data log every inch of the truck through the whole race. Well, and mind you, he's learning all of this as we're going, right? We've had 10 months to do this. The race is in February. Mm -hmm. And this just happened this last February, but January we're in California, we're in Northern California. We got hit with all the floods. So as he was trying to get the battery situation, he had basically 400 volts exposed at one point while the flooding was happening literally feet away from our quarter mile. It was too close for comfort with exposed wiring <laughs> and trying to get a battery box together in record time that you know, making sure no one dies in the process. No pressure. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I work better under pressure. There you go. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. You see the flood waters coming and you're like, oh, okay, that's about how much time I got to finish. <laughs> okay, that'll be fine. <laughs> the last time it flooded my ranch was 1942, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> it's still raining the whole time, though. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, lots of water out there and levees were breaking all around us and it was there was some good stress that was happening apart from just building the truck let alone life yeah <laughs> so I, don't know, I think we're ready to put it on a boat at one point <laughs> well it's an off-roader right you could probably yeah. ford 
a little Noah's Ark action. <laughs> uh, now that it's it's up and running, right? For all yep. until 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 the next iteration. What um what's the difference? What are you noticing with the EV version versus the the uh V eight version from the past? Um handling is way different because the weight distribution is way different on the truck now. Um the torque is awesome though. I mean, now we're getting the bugs out of it and finally getting it to work right. That instant torque, that thing, it's an animal out of the hole. And, you know, we're still playing with it. Um, <clears throat> I got to get used to, you know, like I said, the instant torque. I can be doing any speed, and I've been playing around with it at the ranch since we got home. And you can be already doing 30 and still fry the tires off just cruising around. You know, and it's spinning a 37 inch tire for that Tesla. That's, that's a big tire for that Tesla motor now to get sure used to. Sure is. But well, the noise too, you can literally hear every single creak every time the tires grip. You can hear that instant you, gravel change in, underneath you. It's, it's the most surreal experience of riding in it when you're huh. used to hearing it one way. You're used to hearing the big, you know, the big combustion, but now you're hearing. Every time the tires grip, you can hear that, you know, any type of rattle, you can hear it. And we can talk to each other going almost throttle down and there's, we don't have to yell at each other because the noise is just so much more compressed. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's cool. <laughs> I can hear the valving and the shocks click because we're running off-road King shocks and I can actually hear the valving, you know, cycling in the shocks and i can hear the bump stops actually clicking wow it, it comes down to almost being an advantage at that point because we can tell we can hear now when something's happening or you know or if you're overdriving it yeah 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 it's kind of trippy for sure but then like if something breaks or isn't working properly you can you can tell you can hear it right away yeah <laughs> but it's been a learning curve getting driving it you know it's it's way, way different than it used to be. But I think once we get it all figured out and get it all tame and actually get some more miles on it, and get it going the way we want it to, it's going to be a fun little truck. Racing short course, racing hammers and the long races, we have to go our own pace because we have to conserve energy. Right. You know, we can't just go wide open because we can't carry enough gas. We're not going to be winning Baja anytime soon. <laughs> you know, the, the battery tech is not there yet for, for that to happen, to go wide open constantly. But for these short courses, these 20 minute heats, I think that truck's going to be a big contender against gas trucks because there we race head to head with it. So I think it's going to be a big contender because since, you know, there's no gear changes and it's all just torque right out of the hole. So and then we got the dynamic braking when we come into the corners. So, you know, that slows you down quicker and you're not having to ride your regular brakes. So you're not having to two foot it the whole time. You can just use dynamic braking, come into the corner hot, slow down, and you're putting gas back in the tank. You're recharging the batteries every time you hit dynamic braking. Yeah. So I think it's short course. It's going to be a fun little truck. And hopefully we have it ready because in two weeks we have our first short course race for the season that we're trying to make with the truck. What do you have to get to get it ready? Uh, right now we're redoing the BMS and the battery box, redesigning that. 
had a couple of leaks in there we need to fix. And then basically our holdup is we didn't have a charger when we went to hammers. So that's important. I had two two Tesla chargers out of the car. I was going to use those, but we couldn't recycle them because I can't, we can't basically talk to them. There's no way to change the boards in them. They're gen, they're generation one Tesla chargers, the gen twos, you can change the boards in them and talk to them aftermarket. Okay. So I was borrowing Kyle's chargers while we were there. He has three uh, Thunderstruck chargers, and that's what we were using to charge the truck. And we were doing it without a BMS. <laughs> Big no-no. <laughs> yeah, but, that's but challenging. We were, yeah, we were keeping an eye on it. Uh huh. So so right now we're doing all that. And we're hoping to get our charger. We're in talks with, with AEM on that. Hopefully something pans out because they just came out with their new CCU charger. So that'll be our little 30 amp onboard charger. But if we can get that before the next two weeks, then we'll race at Prairie City. Awesome. Because right now our budget's kind of depleted. <laughs> it's a little sad. <laughs> that happens. when, But you're also at the point where you got it done. So that's oh, like yeah. the first big. It, so... it runs. We're getting the bugs out of it. So we're we got past that hurdle at least. Well, and like you were saying too, the pros and cons, the difference between what we've been doing before and now with the EV aspect of it is, you know, we're able to regen as well. We're able to add that fuel back into our tank where combustion motors aren't able to do that. So no. when we were at Hammers, whenever we were going down any type of any type of hill, you know, we instantly had that regen going on. So at least we we're able to get a little bit of energy back into it. And that definitely makes a huge difference when we're looking at, you know, bigger obstacles we're using a lot more power going up of it that we can help out a little bit by bringing it back in i even when just on the road sometimes i'll go downhill like you know some go up into the hills for lunch or something come down it feels like you're getting something for free even though you did use the energy to get i know that but it's still very exciting to like watch the percentage click up as you're rolling downhill (laughs) yeah And that's what we use that region to our advantage. Well, kind of our advantage because we needed it. So like this year, we didn't have our extra battery packs to race with. So by time, once we finally made it to pit one of the race, we end up and did, um, I don't know if you ever heard of drag regening, where you can drag the car with another vehicle and use the region to charge the car. Well, there's a way to super speed it in dynamic braking of it. And you put the car in, re- put the, we put the race truck in reverse, had a Dodge diesel truck pulling us around a lake bed at 30 miles an hour. <laughs> and I'm floorboarding my truck in reverse, forcing the motor to go against itself. And we were basically supercharging it. We turned it into an 80, uh, a, a, an 80 kilowatt an hour charger. Gears didn't like it. <laughs> no, not so much, but you oh, got no, a full charge. Uh, we got it up to about 80%. That's and <laughs> I could start smelling gear oil and I was like, okay, we're done. I was like, uh, the transfer cases are very unhappy right now. They were getting hot. I, I imagine, but you made it work. Yeah. So it was, it was our way to kind of hot, quick change, quick charge the batteries and get out of there and go race again. But... Well, and these, these race trucks are not like your regular Teslas. There's no windshield. So he's getting dragged on the desert bed, no windshield, there's no barrier except for his helmet. And he looked like, you know the movie The Sandlot? Uh-huh. And he comes out completely dusty from the... Yes. 
oh my gosh that was a splitting image of him just head was a to new toe. Color. he was <laughs> he was a new shade of tan that's for sure and uh he was like never again <laughs> never <laughs> gonna get that charger fixed installed oh, yeah, well, we'll have our extra batteries next year <laughs> Uh, what about other lessons learned um, from your first EV build? Running shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, backpack for a, the laptop. Yeah, yeah. Backpack. Have, have, yeah. have a better laptop that has the right programs with you <laughs> in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> we can add Starlink to the truck. Maybe. Yeah, we should add Starlink to the truck. I think Elon would love that if we're using his uh, Tesla motor and his internet source. <laughs> yeah that's not a bad idea there's actually race guys doing it now is there really yeah mm -hmm. uh jeremy mcgrath was out there and they were putting a starlink on his new side-by-side -side he just came out with and i said what what are you guys doing that for we were working on our truck and they were working on theirs i said what are you guys doing that for and they go oh we can pull data on the vehicle the whole time we can diagnose it over the over the internet he said he i goes, facetime my pit yeah He's FaceTimes his pit and then shows the camera to whatever they're working on. And okay, yeah, we got to do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, that's that amazing. Is and, genius. <laughs> and versus we're running the UHF radio for comms. He goes, yeah, we can use comms like that and we can talk to him 100 miles away and it still works. I was like, I never thought of you doing that. Yeah, you guys might need to add a new mountain bracket. No, it's not a cheap add on though. That's more than our budget can afford right now. <laughs> Anything easy isn't cheap. Yeah. That's one thing we've learned for sure is well, that this is not this is this is not for no, it's not even that. It's our timeline that we had to build the truck. Building another EV, I'll never do that again. I mean, 10 months in 10 months. Did, yeah. That was two years of work in 10 months. With and no testing on the world's hardest race. Yeah, we, the truck was supposed to be running in October. I didn't drive it out of the shop for the first time until the Friday before the race. That was the first time it actually left the shop. Wow. And we were supposed to leave two days before that was the plan to leave to go to Hammers. We didn't even end up leaving till Sunday. So we were four days behind our actual schedule to leave to go to Hammers to start testing or start pre-running. And we were supposed to start testing the truck three months before that. So that was uh, everything I said we weren't going to do our first race. We ended up did. The lessons learned, um, running shoes, have time to spare. BMSs are important. <sighs> <laughs> One of the handful of parts that... You, that you need probably, we should probably invest in a charger <laughs> <laughs> you know but like you said too with budget there's a lot of a lot of parts that come up that you don't plan on buying that you need and so it kind of eats your budget real quick yeah you know, that steering pump that wasn't in the original budget build so i mean most people that do a normal ev swap aren't going to have half the custom stuff that we needed or the one-off pieces that we needed because you know if you did this in a normal car it, it's a whole lot easier you could take that whole tesla rear rear unit drive unit and just stick it in the back of the car and you're good to go versus i had to basically reverse engineer it and it's turned over from the ground up 
let me tell you, this thing is cool though. It's not going to be your traditional EV swap. That's, <laughs> that's, it's an original. <laughs> I think we should get together sometime and, uh, I want to see it in person. I saw it once at Holly, but you guys weren't around. And, uh, so I'd, and I'd love was, to see it again. And you seen it at Holly. It was just from the shop. That was right after I cut it apart and just got the roll cage in it to take it to Holly. Basically, I got the roll cage in it, put new body panels on it. We painted the truck. We mocked up the motor into it, was kind of just mocked in there. The battery box was barely half built with the modules just kind of sitting in it um, and no wiring or nothing. It was just a roller. So now we're getting it ready. I've been trying to find out when Holly is going to be this year because we are taking the truck to to ev fest again cool i'm waiting to find out too i think everybody is <laughs> so you were talking about you know burning some tires off well my i want to try to practice and do a four-wheel drift with it so yes so i want to see if it'll do a four-wheel drift with those 37s that'd be the well, place to do it I'll, I'll let you i'll let you sit right seat if you like you know i just need to know i he built it to be to my size. I'm five two, so you might be a little squished in there. <laughs> I can make it work for a short amount of time, just it's, for that four wheel drift. It's been <laughs> it's been pretty comical watching some of the guys get in the passenger seat to do any of the programming while we're at Hammers. And there are some <laughs> six six threes getting in a very compressed area. <laughs> like man, these EVs are kind of kind of small. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a good site to be like yeah no that's built for me <laughs> well i appreciate the generosity to let me take a ride that's oh, very no. nice oh, anybody, anybody can ride in it it's definitely different you know being an open cab ev and a four a, you know a full off-road truck that don't even look like an ev yeah i mean it look it looks like a regular old still off-road race truck gas motor mm -hmm. you it doesn't scream ev everything's so hidden on it that you know, we had so many people walk past the truck and we were in tech and contingency and they look at it and I start to move and they never hear the engine start. And they'd start looking at it and they look under the hood through the fender wells and they see the battery, you know, my 12 volt batteries and my hydraulic cooler, and my steering pump. Oh, okay. It's a mid engine. And they go to the back of the truck and start looking and they're like, that's just a big fuel tank. They, st they start looking <laughs> and you can, they're kind of staring at the truck and I'm like, what's the matter? They're like, Where's the engine? I said, it's underneath. I said, it's electric. It's got a motor in it. They're, what? What? There's no way this thing's electric. They start looking. Oh, man, this is cool. Well, then they start putting the name together because we have Evolve Racing on the side. And they're uh -huh. like, oh, there. Things are starting to click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out check out our Instagram, though. Evolve Racing 2022. It has all of the build on there, the whole follow through. I've been doing a lot more lives um, for him, kind of explaining a lot of the build of what he was doing, especially he was just pulling apart the batteries. I watched so, that one of those earlier today. It was very yeah. informative. Yeah. So we're just trying to kind of. No gloves, huh? <laughs> well, I was just cleaning them. It was okay. They're, it's only, they're only 24 volts when they're. That's what you said. I was laughing so hard. You're like, I've been hit with more. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you go, st you go stick welding on a fence in the rain. Yeah, you get really lit up by that DC volt. <laughs> but we just kind of want to give out the information that we didn't have and try to make it where if somebody was even somewhat interested, it's a little bit more understandable than some of the information that we were getting was very 
technical mm-hmm. that we were like, what does this even mean? And then we're Googling words. <laughs> yeah. Well, so trying to make it a little bit more of a user-friendly situation for sure. <laughs> well, like when I did the CAN bus wiring, I've never done that. So I was picking the brains of, of another buddy I know, and he was telling me how to how to do it. Well, in his trade, the way he does it, it works fine. But for what we're doing, I talked to another tech on it, and he's like, well, you should have did this and this and this. Hmm. So we fixed it all while we're hammers just in a hurry. But I have to basically rebuild the whole 12-volt system now because I want to clean it up. And we're getting RF interference and everything, which I knew nothing about until I was down at Hammers. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're getting, you know, that AC from the, you're getting current from the AC motor. He goes, you're getting RF interference from that because that wire is not shielded. It's just regular, you know, EV swap high voltage wiring, but it doesn't have the aluminum shielding on it. Wow. And so he goes, you're getting RF interference from that. And he goes, your CAN bus wiring wasn't twisted tight enough. And he goes, anything under six inches should be twisted. And I didn't read any of that. None of the videos I ever really watched said that. So as we're repairing the truck and just doing maintenance on it, that's why she wants to do the videos. And I'm trying to, you know, if people want to learn how to do it, trying to kind of break it down and learn how I did, you know, and learn from my mistakes and you know, see if anybody else wants to do it. I've had a couple of guys hit me up that want to build four wheel drive EVs now too. So, you know, I'm trying to get the info out there to say, Hey, how you, you know, this is what you got to do and what you got to expect. Well, we expect, we expect the EV world is really going to blow up, especially in this off-road community of ultra four, um, hypercraft, they had given out 10 motors in their whole setup, uh, in 2020, I believe, they had given them out for 2021. Hammers of 2022, they gave away 10 Dana motors. Yeah. So Dana, you know, Dana Differential Company is now making electric motors. So Dana teamed up with Hypercraft and AEM and with Hammer King Productions, and they did a, a 10 electric motor giveaway. So you basically, it's a whole package. You get Hypercraft batteries, you get AEM controllers, and you get a Dana motor. It's going nice. to be a spec. It's going to be a spec class. Those are the three components you're given. You can put them in whatever chassis you want, whatever configuration you want, and it's going to be a short course race. So things didn't dissolve like they're supposed to. It was supposed to be everybody was supposed to have them built this last year, 2023 hammers. It didn't dissolve like they wanted. They only got one car built. But I think next year you'll see all the rest of them are supposed to show up. And that'll be cool because it's, you know, here's the parts, put it whatever you want, and, and they'll race side by side on a short course. So it'd be kind of interesting seeing how that works. Yeah, that will be really cool. It's clear it takes a lot of people to make this make this happen. Good community and kind of sharing knowledge and figuring things out. But then, like you said multiple times, there's a big financial kind of buy-in to to do this. Um, are you guys currently working with sponsors, um, as a race team at this point? Um, EV side? No. I mean, we got, uh, Mickey Thompson got on board with us and we're basically just R and D and tires for them right now because they've never had their off-road tires on an EV. Okay. So interesting. They, they gave us eight tires and said, Hey, give us feedback, try them out, tell us how they work. That might hopefully blossom into a, a deal with them. 
Yeah, so we're running their Baja Boss. Um, their MTs, their the 37s. We're running the so Mickey Thompson. We have their tires for wheels. We have Raceline, Raceline wheels on board with us. They've definitely helped contribute so much to the build. Um, for the roll cage, we use Bentec for the programming. And that's essential is making sure that our roll cage is where it needs to be and safety and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Will Spec Garage, it's a um, media company. They've been following us throughout this whole build. So WSG Productions on YouTube, they've been following us from the very beginning and kind of keeping track of everything we've been doing. So definitely look into them. They've been huge helping us along the way as well. Um, we also have Galt Signs, which is a local place in our area here we like to try to keep it all hometown feel yeah. so they were able to get all of our stickers ready for us making everything look nice and crisp um we also have rugged radios which is our communication for the race so rugged is built into our our helmets also our handhelds um huge part of our communication prp was our seats window nets and harnesses again safety mm. so we wanted to make sure that that was essential in our entire build as well um which was helpful because at least the seats we were able to customize them to fit where they needed to go as well so the installation was a lot easier than we kind of expected um rough stuff yeah rough stuff all of our little That's where my tabs and all my stuff come from and my hind joints and all that and they're another local shop mm -hmm. that yeah. i've been dealing with for years on parts so yukon gear and axle we're running the their dana no, I'm running their diffs. I'm running their zip zip locker in the front and their spool in the rear. Yeah, so they've been absolutely essential. And then now we just got on board with King. They were helping with our shocks and tuning that whole aspect of it. And that's another positive things about the EV is that with the shocks, we don't have to worry about changing the weight difference from the compression of the shocks because we're not losing fuel, which is changing the weight of the truck. Mm, so since our sure. fuel essentially is staying the same weight throughout or static weight other racers have to consider losing weight when they're going through the whoops and getting that lightning of the truck or we don't have to worry about that throughout the whole race experience so wow i'd never so thought about one, that before but, but that, that makes one sense. thing that's been a huge advantage at least for us for long term is knowing that our our ratio can stay the same and we don't have to consider that aspect of it and then radial dynamics, like I said, too. Yeah, radial dynamics. They made our steering pump, and now we're teaming up with them more to get figuring out more ways to make the truck more efficient. Like we're going to ditch the vacuum pump assisted brakes and go to full hydro, go to um, hydro assist brakes because that pump's more efficient than 12 volt. And then we're going to get rid of the 12 volt winch and go to a hydraulic winch so we can run it off that same pump and make it even more, save more energy in the long run. Yeah, Eric is, his brain works a lot like his. It's just insane how he's able to come up with all of these. I don't even know. I just sit back and just smile and nod and yeah, good job guys. <laughs> <laughs> but man, radial dynamics has been, they were a lifesaver during our whole race week. So we couldn't thank them enough. Um, and then I we, don't know Ryan's shop name. Oh, uh, so Ryan, he is one of the, I keep calling him the matrix. He's the computer guru guy. He um, works a lot with uh, 
He works with everybody. Yeah, he does work with everybody. Know, I'm not gonna say Hypercraft it. though. He's he's the one that basically programmed the Hypercraft vehicle for Dave Cole, and so he was right on board with us, computer ready, doing his matrix numbers and getting everything programmed as well. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So definitely, we had a lot of good people on board with us this year, and it's been a huge help for sure. I love the 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 great team that you have together and and it's also really apparent that like there's the new cutting edge EV stuff um which is interesting and unproven and it's cutting edge right but there's also so much that has nothing to do with the powertrain but it's it's the the differentials and what it takes to make a race vehicle and that you're leveraging knowledge that you've had from the years of doing this in the past and all of the other people who have been doing it. And that's kind of neat to hear. Yeah. It's cool. We were able to use every aspect of what he already knows, not only from the building world, but also the rock crawling world. And now we have so many new friends in the EV world that they're just basically word vomiting their knowledge to us. (laughs) (laughs) And being in the ultra four community, it's something that's so different. Anybody that's been in a race industry or race, anything, it's usually very hush, hush, super secretive. Like you don't tell anybody what you're running or doing or, you know, and setups are your setups. No, you don't, you don't. It's quiet. It's yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not shared information, but the ultra four world, it's one of the most inviting communities that we've ever been around where there's literally pros opening up their hoods, inviting you into their work tents and just saying like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Look, do touch, feel, <laughs> smell my gas. Like, <laughs> but it's, you know, what a good that. learning environment. Oh my right. gosh. It's been, and, um, through the, through the King of the Hammers experience, we were able to be involved in the rookie program that they did this year. It's the first time doing it. So not only were we the only EVs, but we're also in this rookie program, first time racing King of the Hammers. And Dave Cole, the owner of Ultra 4, basically just open-armed everything that he could give you for knowledge and just was asked the questions and he will answer them to all of his best knowledge that he can give you. And um, to this day, I think we're still texting Dave every so often. And what do you think of this? (laughs) (laughs) It's something that you don't get in most race world experiences and from both of us being in that kind of livelihood growing up all of our lives it's it's a little bit of a shock but it's such a cool thing to experience i think that that is probably good advice for anyone uh looking to get into it is that it's is that it's a really positive environment and lots of nice people that are that are willing to uh, take time and, and help others kind of learn any other advice that that comes to mind as far as people looking to get involved in racing or, or just EVs in general? I mean, don't be afraid to ask people, you know, for help or ideas on it. You know, like I said before, you know, with EV stuff, you can't get anything off. You can get stuff off the shelf, but not everything is available yet for Mm. doing these custom swaps. You know, it's kind of like the fifties cars back in the days, you know, when the guys are making hot rods and drag racing, you, you couldn't buy it. You made it. And, you know, with this EV conversion stuff, there's a lot of one-off pieces that need to be made. And don't be afraid to call shops and, you know, hey, this is my idea and this is what I want made. And 
you know, a lot of guys will help out and they'll make the little pieces you need. And that's, that's how this is, is going to blossom into something bigger, you know, as everybody starts modifying or, you know, even take, taking the cars off the shelf that you could still buy and do what you can to modify them. You know, I know there's a lot getting to be on the aftermarket world for the Teslas like you got, Yeah. you know, suspension kits coming out now and already more brake kits coming out. And, you know, it's that the aftermarket world is going to catch up to the EVs like it has with the, the gas cars and the sports cars. There's going to be a whole lot more things you can do to customize it and modify it in the future. Yeah. And I mean, just reading the forums, I rate four by four. They just opened up an EV forum as well. So oh, doing cool. the research. yeah, that's been huge doing the research and podcasts like yours, you know, listening in on what other people are doing. It's huge to just understand and learn and be exposed to it. So, you know, you're definitely pioneering a new community of people as well. So it's awesome that you're allowing us to be on something like this and thanks for that. <laughs> well, thank you. I I feel like I'm really getting the uh the good end of the deal here getting to hear folks like yourselves talk about this stuff. It's hugely exciting and uh I'm thrilled. It's it's really kind of a fun space and uh the best is yet to come. I think this is all just getting going. Oh yeah. What the EV cars what 2013 is when they first started getting more popular you know so it's still all in its early stages of you know getting out there and getting bigger and you know you it's can, evolving it's evolving it. <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. you can pick up you can pick up used teslas and use nissan leafs and stuff a whole lot cheaper now than you used to be able to get them for so it's going to be readily available more for people to start buying them and and being able to do more to it instead of you know buying them hundred thousand dollar new car and then afraid to cut it up you know now you can go find one for 30 40 grand 20 grand and start cutting it up and not worry about it yeah no doubt plus just the cost of of materials is dropping and then yes. there's more parts on the aftermarket to be able you know more modules there what was it uh 10 in the aughts in the aughts it was like 13 1400 bucks a kilowatt hour for lithium batteries and now it's a fraction of that and yeah. we'll keep seeing hopefully knock on wood that continue to happen and then there's more parts to choose from oh yeah yeah i made that mistake building the race truck when everything was as high as it could be i mean i was paying triple the price <laughs> for dom that one yeah everything my material was sky high when i built the truck last year you know and that inflated my budget big time yeah but like you're saying yeah the you can modules the used market, they're kind of high right now for Tesla modules because the demand, mm -hmm. everybody wants them. But the more Teslas are hitting the road, the more of these modules are going to be in wrecked cars. So the price is going to come back down on them again. Yeah, for sure. And there's other, there's other batteries out there to choose from. Just you got to figure out what your needs are going to be for how much battery demand you need, you know? So... And they all don't discharge the same, right? Different characteristics. It, I mean, that's probably, we could talk for an hour on that too. Just yeah. the different chemistries of the battery and the different ways that the, it's almost like uh, discharge curves, right? Yep. Um, and then you well, add in a battery manager. Yeah. 
well, changing the battery style is basically like changing the octane in your motor. You know, it's the more kilowatts an hour, the more you can actually, you know, you can push it harder, longer. So and that's a whole lot of learning I got to, you know, get used to doing is, you know, we got to figure out how to manage what power we have to make the longevity of a race. So that's where our learning curve is, is trying to, this is all, this is all we have is this little package of power and we have to, you know, conserve it for so many miles. So that's, that's been our learning curve, but yeah, you know, like you're saying with the aftermarket world and everything else, it's going to get better. It's going to, this is going to turn into something way more, you know, you get a lot of people still saying, Oh, this is going to die out right away because all the government funding and everything else is going away. It's not going to go away. It might slow down, but it ain't going to go away. It's, it's going to get into more and people are going to be building more of them. I think that the fact that people are having fun with electric cars is what's going to guarantee that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that now, now they're, that they're AC power, you know, DC batteries, but AC motors. Yeah. You get so much more power out of them and so much more range out of them. You know, the instant torque is just the craziness you know, when I drove my buddy's Model 3 and you can go from zero to almost 100 and it never changed the gear, that's the craziest thing. You know, it just plants yeah. you in the seat and you're gone. You know, you're waiting for that gear change and that little bit of shuttle back and forth and you never, it's never there. It's, it's the weirdest feeling. Well, I'm still looking forward to that four-wheel drift, Holly, this <laughs> year. Let's do it. I'm going to try. I hope they'll let me. Are we Are we going to have to Rochambeau down on who gets to do it first? Cause I think I... you need to test it out and uh, prove it. And I'll, we'll get some video of that. And then, okay. and then I'll so go second. We won't know if it's me screaming or if it's the tire screaming then, right? <laughs> it's electric. We'll be able to hear. Yeah. You'll probably just hear the giggling the whole time. <laughs> like a little school girl in the seat. <laughs> yes. That's how we know it's working well. <laughs> <laughs> Those well, are called goals that hopefully we can hit. What's that? <laughs> Those are goals hopefully we can hit when we go to Holly. <laughs> I think I think it's very possible. <laughs> oh man, Holly just needs to tell us the dates, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I agree couldn't agree more. <laughs> but you know, it'll but, happen. Oh yeah. But you know, anybody out there that's looking to build an EV or, you know, get into how we're what we're doing with an EV, you know, don't be afraid to hit, hit us up, hit, hit anybody up. You know, I called a lot of EV shops to get advice and, you know, people are willing to help you and show you how to do it. It's what, that was the cool part. And yeah. obviously they're not afraid to talk about it. I mean, they're just, you start talking about the EV and people just don't shut up. It's <laughs> because it's that cool. It's so it's much fun and it's new. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have all of uh, all of your links and things in the show notes for people to yeah. uh, click on and find you. As you said, there's a wealth of information on Instagram and build info and all sorts of stuff. So plenty for people to dig into and, and learn more. Yeah, absolutely. And be able to see kind of where we started with it. It's so amazing just to see the comparison of where it was literally a year ago to now it's night and day. That's just blows my mind too. Yeah. Very cool. Well, congratulations to you both for getting to this point so far. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. We are too. <laughs>